Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 5th, 2021, and today we're reading from the Big Book. We're in Chapter 4, and we're at page 55, the second paragraph. Actually, we were fooling ourselves. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Betty W., 12 Traditions, Dabbling E., and Reading the Text, or Harlan G and Patricia C and Lauren N is our backup. And the newcomer greeter is Deborah S and the host of the second hour is Sandy W. Okay, um, the reference numbers for Tuesday, May 4th, 2021 are for the 7 a.m. 16,880, that's 16880. And for the 10 a.m. is 16,881. That's 16881. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Betty W. to read the 12 steps. Star one, Betty. Yeah. Good morning, visionaries. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Katie, for your service, and thank you, visionaries, for doing this this morning with me. I'm Betty W., a recovered compulsive eater from Fayetteville, New York, which is near Syracuse. The twelve steps. We admitted we were powerless over food; that our lives had become unmanageable. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our, of our lives. Six, or entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, and I should have said, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. I apologize. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Betty W. I will now ask Davilin E. to read the 12 traditions. Thanks, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Davilin E. and I am a compulsive overeater recovering in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to give service, and may you all have a serene and joyful day. Pass. Thank you, Davilin. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing through the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we read the of the big book on page 55, the second paragraph, 
Thank you, Katie, and thank you very much for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Actually, we were fooling ourselves, for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other it is there. For a faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. Let me begin my timer here. Um, as I said, I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And when I was a very young child, I went to religious school and I learned about God and I learned about all kinds of things. And I believed that those stories were true. But here was my disconnect. My disconnect is that I childishly and petulantly demanded things of God that were foolish. I wanted toys. I wanted candy. I wanted to be thin. I had a whole list of things that I was demanding from God, and I seldom have ever got them. Sometimes I did. But more often than not, I did not. But here is where I blamed God. Deep inside me was a very profound unhappiness, a very profound sense that I didn't belong in the world that I was born into, that because I was fat, because I was disappointed in the world that I was born into, and it was equally disappointed in me, I blamed God. I blame God for every piece of unhappiness. And what I did was I did what I thought was the right thing. I prayed and demanded and I acted like a child. When I got to Overeaters Anonymous and I was able to break down that, that demand cycle and started taking action after action after action, and I started to help others, my life became a life that was more closely associated with faith than it ever had been before. The second step says came to believe. doesn't say believed. It says came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Sanity is much more open-ended than abstinence or sobriety. And as I came to believe, what I learned is that is indicative of a process. And that process demands constant action. And the action goes beyond prayer. The action goes to working the steps. The action goes to putting the food down, keeping the food down, no matter what. And the action goes to helping others as I help myself. And as I go through these actions, my relationship with God deepens and my relationship with myself deepens and my relationships with other deepens, others deepens. And so that my faith in God, my belief in God, my trust in God becomes a constant companionship with God. Do I get what I want? Are there areas of my life? where I wish were different? Of course I do. Of course I do. 
But as I work toward God, as I walk toward God, excuse me, he runs to me and my life is better than I ever could have imagined. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan, for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So if you've shared this week, then you need to hold off. And um, so who would like to share on the second paragraph on page 55? Reva P. This is Larry K. Cheryl A. Sarah L. Okay, this is who I got. I have Reva P, Larry K, Kathy L, I think, um, and then Cheryl A, I think it was Cheryl A, and Claire E, and I feel like I missed someone in, in the middle there. Dara yeah, L. Okay, I thought I heard Dara L. Dara L. and Lauren N. Okay, let's stop there for this first group. And here's to the order. Reva P., Larry K., Kathy L., I think, Cheryl A., Dara L., Claire E., and Lauren M. Go ahead, please, Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. This paragraph brings back such memories um, when I first came into program, you know, I heard step one and realized I was powerless and I was really convinced. I knew I was powerless. Then I heard that I needed a, a power greater than me. And I almost felt frantic having to search, where am I going to find this power? How do I get this power? Look at these people with this great spiritual connection. How do I get it? And I remember listening to a tape and uh, that really dates things, but I listened to this tape that was called, God, Where Are You? And it was a panel. And one of the people referred to these next two paragraphs, the actually and um, we finally saw paragraphs. And I thought, wow, what a sense of humor. You know, as an addict, I will look everywhere. I will look at pomp, self-importance. I will worship other things. I will worship people, things, places, achievements, um, and try to find a power there. And what this paragraph tells me is it's right inside of me. I heard an AA speaker joke, like the last place an addict is going to look is right inside of them, always looking to the outside. And how do I clear the obscure, obscuring uh, things, the things that are blocking me? I put the food down and I work the steps. And I don't have to, I don't have to effort to find God. I just have to do the simple steps and then God comes to me. As soon as the blocks are removed, um, it's like, you know, when I open the shade, the sun comes in. There's no effort involved. Um, and I love this business of deep down because um, a person I admire and program told me, we don't get more recovery. We go deeper and deeper. And the deeper I go, the more of God there is. Um, so I just love this reminder. It's right inside of me and no effort required. Put the food down, clear the blockages, and by the time I get closer to step 11, I have some kind of a new consciousness of this power, and that's what saves me, and that's what helps me 
in that position of neutrality, whether it's neutrality with the food or with the defects. Um, so I love this reminder, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Larry K., you're up, followed by Kathy L. I think it's L. Good morning, Katie. Uh, thanks for your service, Larry K. You know, um, I'm going to piggyback on Harlan's uh, stuff here. You know, when I was, uh, it may be uh, obscured by calamity. Here was my calamity. One, one memory comes to mind. We, we moved to California. I was in the third grade. My parents were divorced. And one day I got home from school. I don't know what I did or didn't do, but I, no words were spoken. I remember this clear as day. My stepfather pulled out a, uh, a, a pan, big old pan. And he began to beat me with the pan. And my mother was there. She watched as it happened. And I, I, I was just, I was shocked. I was hurt. I was physically hurt. I was, and I mention all this because what does this have to do with obscured by a calamity? I think of the person who's been traumatized. Why have faith? Well, love empowers when people are wounded. You know, they, when people are wounded, they naturally uh, duck for cover, right? But when someone comes along with an, outstre uh, an outstretched hand and says, you know, you know, please come out into the sunshine and experience the warmth of healing, it, it can be too much. See, there's someone on the line this morning that has their own traumas, and it could be too much. You're being asked to come out into the, into the sunlight, experience some healing. It could be too much. See, I, I needed to separate in my mind the wound, you know, from forgiveness itself. I had to move towards mercy. That was the seed out of which hope and, and, and healing grew. But that would take time. See, that would take time. We, the, there I'm speaking to the person who's experienced trauma, which is most of us. We all have our personal narrative. We, we all have our, our stuff, right? And some, some is worse, worse than others. Some people have experienced uh, teasing. Some people have experienced much worse, you know. But we all have our wounds. And God comes through those, those wounds. And somehow, I don't know how, but when we work these steps, there is faith in us deep down within each of us. And when we work these steps, I think for the traumatized person, what begins to happen is we begin to move towards mercy and grace because we see it. It comes to us, and then we can offer it to someone else, and we can ask them to come out in the sunshine. And it might be too much for them, yet they stick around. You're still here. You haven't gone anywhere. So this is a process that works. This is a faith that works. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. Okay, Kathy L., you're up, followed by Cheryl A. I may have heard Dara L and thought it was Kathy L. Is there a Kathy who has given her name? Okay, hearing none, I'm gonna go on to Cheryl A and then Dara L. Katie, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. There you are. Okay. Hi, this is um, Cheryl A recovered Compulsive overeater in Brookline, Massachusetts. I 
I love um, this paragraph so much. It's probably one of the most, um, when I began to internalize this paragraph, it was probably one of the most inter, uh, important to my recovery because while I had a faith and while I had even a belief, um, I just always looked out there for what I thought could fix me in there. And when I truly began to grasp that there was something deep, deep down within and that I have to go in to be able to access that power, which which can save my life, um, so much changed. And it does get obscured, right? Um, I can get a film over that portal inside of me that allows me to access the power that will always, always um, Cheryl, we can't hear you. Cheryl, star one. Can you hear me now, Katie? Yes, there you are. Okay, that's so weird. I just got automatically muted. Um, So I don't know where I got cut off. So I will just, um, what I... You were talking about a portal. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Um, So that that place deep down within gets obscured. And those are the blocks. Those are the things that I let cover up that access portal to my God that will heal and help me to be able to live um, outside of the absolute devastation of this disease. And my steps 10 and my steps 11 help to clear away that portal so that I always have an access. But the key for me was to, to learn that that access point is deep down within. And as I have explored that and expanded my relationship with God, I have found ways to access that power through different forms of meditation and different ways of um, being silent really with God. The last thing I wanted to say is um, there's a piece in my own faith that I always um, think about in this paragraph and and is very, very consistent with what Harlan was talking about. Um, And that concept is I will do and then I will understand. I always thought that if I understood that I could then do and I waited through so much of my life to just understand so that I could do. But it is through taking actions after action after action and that I will begin over time to understand more. And I have found that to happen for me as I have cleared away blocks, as I have taken actions. And when I start getting all, you know, mucked up inside, it doesn't mean I have to think more. I have to do more. Time, please. And eventually I will understand. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you, Cheryl. Okay, Dara L., you're up, followed by Claire E. Okay, great. Thanks so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. And um, this is one of my favorite paragraphs in the big book. Uh, But this notion that deep down in all of us is the fundamental idea of God, I think is so 
so important because, you know, elsewhere in the book, we're told that God is everything. And so if I believe those two things, if I believe that deep down in every single one of us is the fundamental idea of God and that God is everything, well, then to me, that means that the spiritual world, the, you know, the realm of the spirit wants what's best for all of us. It wants what's best for me and you and you and people I've never met. And so if I can align my will and my life with that, you know, and other people are aligning their will and their life with that, well, then suddenly, you know, my scarcity mentality, suddenly my belief that, you know, if you win, I lose, or if I win, you lose, is suddenly dismantled, you know? And I really believe that, um, Spiritual separation is the core of my disease, separation from others, separation from God, separation from myself and my own values. And so I have to believe that there's, there's a God force inside of each of us, or at least a, an ability to access that, um, and that it wants what's best for all. And I know that, you know, left to my own devices, I personally don't have the power to do that. I don't have the power to want what's best for me and also want what's best for you and know how to go about making that happen. You know, I, I, my human abilities are, are limited in that way. Um, so I, I love that uh, all the other things that I worshipped, right, were like, I think there was so much scarcity to them. And the God I believe in is a God of abundance. And, and you know, I when I say God, I mean the God of all the world religions, but I also mean, you know, the God of atheism, you know, the God of agnosticism, a, a, you know, good orderly direction, uh, the gift of desperation, you know, group of drunks, whatever, however people um, access that or define that. And I, um, you know, I was thinking about how in the disease I had two modes. I was either homicidal or suicidal, depending on the deep on the day. And that was in abstinence and out of abstinence. You know, I mean, food was, food was my God. It just wasn't a very effective God. It didn't, um, it didn't care about me and it didn't care about, you know, anyone around me, but, but it was a God and, you know, it worked. Um, but the God that I believe in today, which is a God that exists in all of us and wants what's best for every single person, myself included, um, is a God of love. And so it's much easier to turn my will and my life over to the care and protection of that than it was to the food. But as an addict, I'm incapable of not worshiping something. And so today, you know, that's my choice. You know, what do I want to worship myself or do I want to worship something that loves me and loves everyone around me? Um, and with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much. Thank you, Dara L. And Claire E., you're up, followed by Lauren Ann. Hi everyone, my name is Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Cornwall in the UK. Um, wow, you know, I've just had a really different reading of this paragraph today. And um, what's come to me today is that there are two facts here. It talks about facts as old as man itself. You know, one is that deep down in every man, woman and child is the fundamental idea of God. And the other fact this paragraph gives us is that faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power are facts as old as man itself. So I kind of got this thing, of, you know, it's like the fact of my powerlessness. You know, the fact is that I am allergic to some foods. They precipitate in me some cravings. And I have another fact that is that I've got a mental obsession that means, you know, with step one, that I, I am going to start eating again unless I can have a spiritual awakening. And this is the sort of step two fact, you know, there is a power 
And, you know, that's as old as man itself. Who am I to argue with that? Um, and maybe I just need to accept that some things are just beyond my own reason, my own understanding, my own mind. These are facts. If I can accept that as fact, then, you know, it stands to reason that the other bit of the paragraph here, it's blocked. Then, you know, it's blocked. If I don't feel that, if I can't feel in touch with that fundamental idea of God, it's blocked. Um, and, you know, that's been my experience of the programme is that, you know, I'm blocked on my own self-reliance. I'm blocked and I'm blocked by calamity, by my own drama, by pomp, by my ego, by worship of other things, by money and property and prestige and romantic relationships and things to do and busyness. And, uh, you know, that's what blocks me. Um, and what the whole function of the programme is for me is from steps three onwards is to unblock myself from that power. Um, and I do that by by taking inventory, by looking at my defects of character, by really making myself willing to have that stuff removed, by going out there and making my relationships good and repairing the damage I've gone. And then, as someone else said, by clearing that channel so that I can get closer to that higher power through prayer and meditation and by keeping it clear by using my step 10. And, you know, when I can do that, I do have that deep down fundamental idea of God working in my life every day. And I love that. You know, I, there's a few words that I love. Um, I just, just jotted them down here. You know, intuition. That word means inner tutor, um, inner teacher, enthusiasm. That comes from the Greek entheos, which means God within inspiration you know in spirit and those are the sort of words that I can really get in touch with as the deep down fundamental idea of God when I have unblocked myself using the steps in my day in my, in my day-to-day life um so that's what I got from that paragraph today and very much enjoying the meeting I will leave it there thank you for listening thank you Claire okay Lauren and you're up and then we'll um get another list of shares good Go ahead, morning Good morning, visionaries. Lauren N. from New York. I absolutely can relate to this. When I came in, I didn't think I had a God inside me. I didn't think I had anything inside me. Only all I wanted to do was eat and fill that hole. I felt empty and that emptiness did not was not filled no matter when and how much I ate. Today, I know that my God was filled, was covered by all the calamity I had in my life. We all have calamity, but I, I felt mine was worse than anyone else that what I lived through If you had lived through it, you would have been like me. But now I know that I was just covering it up. And I was living in in the disease of this illness. I did not realize that I was worshiping food. Forget about money and, and other things and wealth and power and all that stuff that I thought I wanted. It was food that I was worshiping. And that covered up my belief or my ability to believe in a God, higher, uh, a higher power, a God, something inside me that had the answer. 
I no longer need to fill that hole. That hole is filled by all the fellowship and the the higher power that I've finally found that has healed me, healed me in a way that I never would have imagined. Thank you all for holding my hand during this process and helping me get here. The nine-step promises have come true for me in a way that I never could have imagined. Thank you all for being here, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren M. Okay, and so if you've just joined us, we're on page 55, the second paragraph. Actually, we were schooling ourselves, and we read that one paragraph. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your experience every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who else would like to share? Nancy Lynn S. Kim A. Lynn S. Kim A. Pamela P. Pamela P. Okay, I got you, Pamela. I got you, Nancy, first. I got Kim A. So here's who I have. I have Nancy L, Lynn F, I think, as in Frank, Kim A, Pamela P, who else? Nancy L, Monica K. Nancy, you're Monica K. I got Nancy L first, unless there's two Nancy L's. Okay. Monica K, who else? Sharon B. Sharon, B is in Victor? B is in Boy. B is in Boy. Okay. Okay, we have time for one or two more. One more. Okay, let's go with this group. Nancy L, Lynn F, Kim A, Pamela P, Monica K, and Sharon B. Go ahead, Nancy. Good morning, and thank you for the opportunity to to respond to this wonderful paragraph and the wonderful topic. I thank you for all the people that have shared this morning. Down here in Georgia and most of the South last night, we had some pretty horrendous weather. And as I got up and started my day, of course, turned on the computer and the Internet is down. There is not a good connection. And as I was trying to get that connection to work, I reminded myself of the wonderful connection that the 12 steps have brought me to an understanding of the connection between my God and myself. And unlike this powerful Internet, the God of my understanding is much more powerful than that. And as I came to OA, and I used to pray, I call myself a believer, uh, and I would pray, but I didn't feel like God was hearing my prayers. And now I know today that I had so much of my connection blocked by the food and by my own character defects that I didn't have a conscious contact with my God. 
But today, thanks to the program, thanks to all of you who are here working your program, I have a good connection with my, the God of my understanding. And he hears me and he helps me each day to leave the food alone that I don't, my body doesn't need for nourishment, but to only take in what my body needs. And I thank, thank the program for that, and I thank my God for that. So with that, I pass, and thank you for letting me share this morning. Thank you so much, Nancy L. Okay, Lynn F., you're up, followed by Kim A., Hi, this is Lynn S., as in sunlight. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. in uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. Boy, this uh, paragraph really brought back some remember whens, two or three in particular. And the first one was, you know, it may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, by 140 pounds of extra weight that I needed to put between me and the rest of the world because life was so painful, I couldn't stand it. I remember standing in my kitchen crying as I was cutting up my celery sticks and my carrots and putting caraway seeds in cottage cheese because I couldn't stand it. But that's what it said to eat on the sheet of paper, so that's what you did. I remember crying there and saying, I can't eat like this anymore and I can't live like this anymore. There must be something wrong with me. That was the spark of God finally being able to get through. And in that moment of clarity and absolute despair, that brought me to OA. And the second one I can remember is after 17 years of being Miss OA and uh, knowing how this thing worked and starting meetings and, you know, speaking all over the place and all that jazz, I had blocked myself again by pomp, by worship, and worship of things that I would think were right, like big big book thumper. And uh, running all over the place in AA, even though I wasn't a member, but that's where the program was stronger. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong with this stuff. But that took over. Where was God in all of that, Lynn? Where was your reliance and your trust in God? And then the most profound was that brought me to an eight-year relapse. And in that eight years... Thank you, God. Who has an eight-year relapse? Like never in my history of eating could I have eight years of eating and not gain the weight back, but I didn't. And there was something inside me that knew if I ate my one particular strongest binge food in my life, which happens to be a sandwich, that would be the end of me. That spark that kept me and brought me to my knees and had me yet again surrender was God. And I could go on and on, but those are the three most poignant memories of that spark deep inside me that has allowed me to be here now, living a life so profoundly transformed by God 
that I can't even begin to imagine it. And God is time, please. Thank you. Most important thing in my life today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn F. And now we'll have Kim A. followed by Pamela P. Good morning. This is Kim A. in New York. And I've shared a couple of times on this chapter, and I feel like I just keep saying the same thing. This chapter is really about our thinking, about how we are so stuck in our thinking, whether it's about God or just in general, that we are, you know, not open to thinking otherwise. And we learn in the doctor's opinion way in the beginning of the book that our thinking is delusional. You know, our thinking tells us to eat that first compulsive bite even though we know what's going to happen after that. Our thinking tells us that we are justified to live in resentment and self-pity. And our thinking tells us that we're entitled to have everything our way. You know, my best thinking sucks. And my best thinking is what is supposedly navigating me through this world to be like a productive, normal member of society. But in fact, my thinking is what blocked me off from God. And when they're talking about, you know, um, I don't have it in front of me now because I'm driving, but our, you know, our sense of God being obscured, you know, they're really just talking about all of these things that block us from being available to understand who our higher power might be. Um, and, and, that's really our defects that they're talking about, our selfish thinking, our living in emotional dishonesty and, you know, trying to control and manipulate. When I'm busy doing that and when I'm busy, you know, shoving food in my face, which was always my solution to life, it was never the problem, my crazy delusional mind would always bring me back to that first bite. And when I'm busy filling myself with food and with these ideas that, you know, I'm entitled and, you know, whatever else, I'm not, I'm not free to either know what my higher power's will is or even to be willing to look at the fact that my higher power has a will for me. Um, and God knew that. And so he kind of like planted the idea of him deep within us um, that we wouldn't know where to look for him. And if we can take the actions in these steps to clear away all that muck that's blocking us from our higher power and clear away those defects, be willing to have them removed because we can't make ourselves more honest or less selfish any more than we can make ourselves stop eating compulsively. I've tried all that and it doesn't work. I have no power whatsoever. Um, so when we're able to have these things removed from us, then we have this much clearer path and very different thinking. And that's what this psychic change is about. Thanks. I'll wrap up. That's what this psychic change is about. Just, you know, um, a change in our attitude and our outlook. Um, and with that, we're able to, you know, be willing to know God and see what his will is for us. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Kim. Okay, Kim A, Pamela P, you're up, followed by Monica K. 
Hi. Uh, hi, this is Pamela P. from New York. Um, thank you so much for everybody for this meeting. Um, I always believed in God since I was a little girl, but my life never kind of reflects it. Um, when I came into the rooms when I was listening to the paragraph now, I was thinking when I came into the rooms, I was a stripper. I was in the adult industry, and my life was so unmanageable. And I don't know I wanted to find a group of people that had a spiritual connection to something I know exists, but I I just want to be in it with them and learn more about it. And I knew I had a disease. I don't think I knew I had a disease. I knew something was wrong with me, with my relationship with food. So when I came to the program, the people there were so accepting to me as myself. They liked me the way I was. I always try, most of my life, I always try and be something other people want me to be. That seemed like they don't accept me who I am until I could be something better. And they loved me along the way of the process. And to me, that God, that God, he, and um, I'm struggling, my darkness, for it's been one little miracle after another. Little signs coming along that God said, I'm here. I'm here. I know the food blinds you a lot. I know the composer overeat blind you. I know all, you know, what you went through, a trauma blind you. But I'm here. I'm real. And I'm just trying. How much I go far down the ground, I just feel like somebody always there to lift me up. And that is God. And the last thing I want to share, I was talking to my brother about sports, and he was saying some people got mental toughness. Like they lose a lot of game, two, three games, then they come back and beat a great team out of nowhere. Everybody beyond shock how they did that. And to me, that program, if I just could stick with it, though how much been going bad, I know it's a light at the end of the tunnel. So that all I want to say, God bless you all, and I pass. Thank you, Pamela P. Okay, Monica K., you're up, followed by Sharon P. Hi, my name is Monica K. from California. And happy birthday to me, my birthday. And, um, oh, my gosh, this paragraph is so beautiful. And I was fooling myself for a long time because that down deep in every man and woman, and I'm a woman, as far as I know, is uh, God. And I didn't know how to find it. And uh, this program and my sponsor and the steps, and I'm on steps four, are showing me that um, there is a path to God in me. And when I focus on water or fear, this is just like a, like a, like a little bell, bingo bell, like ding, ding, hello, honey, you are, you are not trusting me. In the moment, the moment I worry, the moment there is a little like a tension in my stomach or my chest, there's like a little connection with God, hey, honey, you're not trusting me. 
you you run into work, you think you have to figure it out. You have to you have to know. But the truth being said that this is the point that I can connect with God and trust and relax. And um it's um it's just cleaning the path for me by doing the first step right now and my sponsor showing me how to do it and people in the program, my my OA family guiding me and holding me because I've so many tears are coming on the four steps for me, but I feel like so cleansing. And the more I see my character defects, the closest I get to God. Just because I don't want to live the way I used to live and hurt people and myself. Because every time I hurt you, I hurt myself. And um, it's just I'm profoundly grateful. And I said happy birthday because in the past I would be expecting from other people to wish me birthday. And today I'm learning that, you know, I can give to myself what I need and uh, stop seeking for love, approval, and appreciation from others and know that I have love, appreciation, and um, from God. So uh, it's a process of learning. And I also love that I can find God here and now. Not in the future, not in the past, but in every single moment, even by talking to all of you. Um, I just love, I love you and thank you. And I'm on the path and the journey with all of you. And I will pass. Thank you so much and happy birthday. Okay, Sharon B., you're up and then we'll have time for one more. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, hey. Hey, family. My name is Sharon B. in Michigan. Um, thank you for all the amazing shares and for everybody doing service. Uh, this, this paragraph is so packed, it's hard to put it in a short time. But the thing that stood out to me was it talks about how deep down inside me, personalizing this for me, deep, side in, deep down inside of me is a fundamental idea of God. And if I take a a deep jar and I put one little thing in it and then I shove a bunch of stuff on top of it, I won't see that one thing anymore. And I'm not one who's big on digging everything out and looking at it. But it says that it's obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things. And when I look at <laughs> there was definitely calamity. Um, but pomp, um, a showy display of self-worth impressive or showy exhibition or display and this is a big reason why i couldn't see what was deep down inside of me i was so busy covering everything up with this oh everything's wonderful everything's great i'm fine you know my first sponsor would call and i would be falling apart and she would say how are you and i'd say i'm fine i'm great everything's wonderful and you know, I learned that fine means something else. It also means feelings inside not expressed. I couldn't express them because truthfully, I couldn't even see them. The idea of God was something that just didn't even occur to me in the midst of everything. And it took, like it says right here, it says about miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives. And for me, it took something like it did for Bill W., where I had to have a miracle sitting right across the table from me. And that was not a big table, that little white table they sat at. And to be able to sit across the table from somebody who had had a miracle, 
to be able to hear that they were like me, that they did what I did, that they were as powerless as I was. And there they were with smiles on their faces and they were good with life. And that to me was the biggest thing for pulling that stuff out of that jar. You know, I started to look for that because you gave me the idea that this could work. You all showed me that there was something else possible. You were my miraculous demonstrations of that power in a human life because I didn't think that that power could possibly ever care about me, but it cared about you. So fortunately, I had a sponsor who let me borrow their higher power for a long time. And I found that that power worked and then to be able to personalize and grow that relationship. But time, please. Oh, thank you. And I think with that, I'm good. Thank you, family. Okay. So thank you so much, Sharon B. And we have time for one more share. Who would like to take that spot? Go ahead, Leah. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much. My name is Leah S. from Brooklyn. Wow. Um... I am fooling myself, obscured. That means blocked. And what am I doing? I'm keeping, I keep on going to the food. I put it into my mouth so that I don't feel all these calamities and all the other things that are going on, the chaotic chaotic things in my life. And once I put that food down, I become unblocked because then I'm open to all these feelings and I can go deeper into that. I can go deeper and deeper and understand and feel that God is within me and is directing me because I can't feel it if I keep stuffing and and to feel good with the food. I can't, the, the truth is, what was hard for me is that I didn't believe that it's possible to feel good without all those foods in my body. But it doesn't even compare. It does, you can't even compare to what you do feel when you just put down those, those trigger things and those, those, those cravings just leave you. Because God is, is, is so deep and so powerful and so, so broad that um, if, if you don't try it, you don't, you won't, if you don't experience it, then you can't say it. So, um, you know, it just, it just it keeps on getting broader and broader. And um, put the food down so that you can be unblocked. And, and do these steps so that you can find them within those steps. And I pass. Okay. Thank you. I think you said pass. Um, okay. So thank you now. Um, thank you, everyone, who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, May 5th, 7 a.m. meeting, is 16000 889. That's 16889. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Patricia C. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Patricia C. from North Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.